The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. Snap back, four-man front, pressure coming, throws over the middle. It's intercepted by Shaq Barrett. He intercepted the pass and then motors into the end zone for the touchdown. Pressure breaks pipes. And the Buccaneers just busted it. 26-17. I mean, I've, I didn't see, like, every detail of the play. You know, I, I saw Khalil open, and then I'm guessing he just reacted back. He felt, you know, screen and um, went back and, of course, picked it up. So, but, I mean, yeah, in that situation, it's tough because, you know, um, if you call a deeper pass, you don't want to drive back in the end zone and uh, potential to take a safety. So, um, you know, I mean, I think that's a tough spot. Uh, regarding play calls, you know, for, for Luke in that position. So, um, you know, he went with his gut and, you know, number seven ended up making a good play. So, hey, it is what it is. Justin Fields, uh, the pick six. Second straight week for a pick six. Justin has two touchdown throws for, for the Bears and uh, two for the opponents. So he's thrown four touchdown passes this year. Swaddle mentioned there. Uh, someone sent me it's this, too. It's not funny. I know. It's not uh, funny. Uh, there's been a video. Uh, someone put a video together, too. The three different formations, I think, uh, uh, all in a row, that the Bears have lined up in that formation three times in a row to run that screen pass. And Levante David, I think, uh, cap played it this morning, said that they ran the same play, same formation. Everyone knew that it was coming. It's a veteran defense and a veteran linebacker. And yeah, I, I look, was, I, I don't know if, it, if it's a great call or it's a horrible call. Uh, it may not be the world's greatest call, but there's a player execution problem with it as well. And that's kind of the theme for me over the course of the last two weeks. There's really no delineation between or, diff, you know, there's no difference that I can draw between this person's responsibility and this person's responsibility. It's been a giant collective bad, maybe not effort, but but the lack of execution is on everybody. Yeah. Nobody yeah. is has spared themselves criticism. It's been Sunday suckage. It's a good way to put two, it. Two Sundays of suckage. Yeah. Like, look, okay, bad call against the veteran defense. If you don't like what you see, throw the ball into the third row of the stands or dirt it. Throw it at his feet. There are plenty of times quarterbacks see screens that don't materialize. They throw it at their feet. Are you running too many screens? Maybe, maybe the court, the coordinator needs to, especially against the veteran defense, to not be as predictable. Like, there are some, we could spin ourselves in circles right now. I feel like grabbing a bat and doing circles and then trying to walk. No, don't do it. That's how it is to try to decipher what is going on here. I I hated both Justin's answer, and I heard Eberflus say it too, where, like, that Shaq Barrett made a good play. Like, come on now. Come on. That's, that's, That's spinning it. And that that throw can't be made there. Absolutely. Now it, we can go back even further and say it's not a good call in that situation. Yes, Fine. of course. But you're exactly right. Once the play is called, if you don't like it as a as a quarterback, get out of it. Or if you don't like how it's materializing, throw it away. Right. I heard the guys on Get Up and Ryan Clark, people who have no 
horse in the race here, saying that that's a ball that cannot be can't thrown. Be thrown. It's no, can't be thrown. It's no different than the sack he took by Lucas Van Ness in week one by the Packers when he's rolling to the right. That ball, you can't, that ball's got to go in the stands. And we saw him learn from that. There were a couple of times yesterday yes. when he was rolling Going out towards and, the sideline and he chucked it out of bounds so he didn't take the sack. So I, that's a positive, too. All right, good. That he learned Two from positives. that. But, but these are, these Fair are, hugs. these, <laughs> these are mistakes that are just, you can't make. They're inexcusable for players at this level. 312-332-3776 to the phones in a minute. First, this is Eberflus. This is with Cap and Jay Hood. He joins them uh, every Monday, I believe, 8.30 on the time there. And uh, this was um, their exchange with him on that screen call here in the last couple minutes of the game. With the Bears having a chance down three and a chance to win the game. Coach, despite all of the issues that were going on, you got the football back late, down 20-17. to You got the ball at your own six-yard line. Uh, we played some audio from Levante David, who said, we saw the formation. We knew exactly what play they were going to run, and we just made a play on it and ended up in a pick six. So my question to you is, Justin gets the play call in. You're at the six-yard line. A, was it the wrong play call looking back? Or B, does he is he allowed to audible out of that if he looks at the front and goes, this is not going to work? Yeah. Well, to answer your question there, you know, the, the play call was fine. Um, you know, back there, we were, it was, you know, uh, on the six-yard line, so we weren't standing in our own end zone there. But what happens uh, on that play is they were playing uh, cover two, so they were playing soft cover two, and we we're in a three-by-one formation, and that plays a, a really good play versus that coverage, um, you know, the halfback screen. They ran a little text game there, and, uh, you know, Shaq did a nice job of, of coming out of that text game, the, uh, the TE game. And, and made a nice play. But, uh, you know, in terms of that, I thought it was a, was a good decision there. We just got to execute better. Coach, is he is Justin allowed to audible if he looks at a play and does not like what he sees? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's no question. There's there's plays that come in that we audible all the time, you know, from run to pass or, or pass to a different pass and, or run to run. So we do that uh, all the way during the course of the game. Do you have a thought? No? You know, it's like it's it's like parenting. Like when your kid makes a mistake, you you're more than 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 you're more than inspired to make excuses for him. When your your neighbor's kid makes the same mistake, you blame the kid. Like I just think that in this situation, like when it comes to whose blame is this, I go back to what you said. Whether it's a good play or it's an it's not a good play call. Once the play is called and the ball is snapped, you can't make that throw. Right. It's not like when he said it's a Shaq made a good play. I yeah, agree yeah. with you on that. I, I mean, yeah, and again, on. like what, what here's I thought the telling thing is when you heard Justin talk about it, the defeatist approach here. If you play the snap or if you play the, the, the clip again, is it a tough play? Maybe they did call it too frequently. Justin's already talking about, it, but if we drop back, there's a chance that you get sacked in the end zone. Like you're already thinking about th- that all of the negative things that can happen. Did you hear what he said? Like, if you, if you drop all the way back, now you're in the end zone. It's tough to throw. Like, well, we, all of you should be programmed in such a way that we're going to make a positive play. Let's not play as a, hey, we've got to make a decision based on what tragedy, football tragedy, could occur here versus, hey, what's the best play to be aggressive here to get us on a roll because we had a chance to win this game. You can't start calling plays 
based on what's the, the what what is the play least likely to cause hectic you know result. You got to call a play that you think works, not the safest play, right? Because you're worried that the quarterback, if you call a seven step drop or a deep drop, or you got him that that he's going to get sacked because your O line can't hold up, or he's going to hold the ball too long. So what we're going to do here is we're going to throw another screen because I know the ball is going to come out quick. And that way, we're not going to sit back there and the safety's out of the equation. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, of course. The, all of the thinking is wrong. You can't be scared wrong. to fail. Right. 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 Sherman in uh, Chatham, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Sherm? Hey, guys. Um, Justin Fields, no newsflash here, is an incomplete NFL quarterback. But we're also witnessing Luke Getze learn on the job. And I'm going to tell you something. My observation is, this guy struggles with making real-time decisions where we can consistently have plays that can realistically get us positive yardage on the field. Whether or not Phil should have thrown that ball or not on that last screenplay, which I think was about the seventh one of the game, whether or not he should have threw the ball or not, right play or wrong play, the probability of that play being successful had to be just incredibly low. So now I don't agree with that, be- Sherman, because if you look at the play, I think if you do get the ball over Shaq Barrett's hand, there's one defender and two blockers. Like, but I there's think- a reason why Shaq Barrett was there. Okay, but again, of- it, but it's player air, player execution. He's standing there. He makes a one-handed tip of a play. You if may you tell make Sean a better Payton, play. If you tell Sean Payton or the guy out with the Rams, I'm going to give you a quarterback that is – very talented, very intelligent, and very hardworking, and I want you to coach him up and put him in the right situations, they will take that quarterback every single opportunity. Getsy have not shown is not just fields. It's the entire offense. He can't make real-time decisions when they've got 100,000 people looking at you, 11 guys waiting on the call. So when he doesn't know what to do, his default is run a screen. The Bears have done over about 15 screens in two games. That's probably more than in the entire NFL. Well, and, and, and it's Wait, listen. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to suggest that the offensive coordinator is not culpable in any way, shape, or form. But when you're calling plays where there are open receivers downfield and your your quarterback won't throw the ball, do you keep calling those plays? I mean, like, look, I, take the name of the coordinator out of the equation. Would Shanny be better? Of course he would. I'm not suggesting that Lou Getze is Shanahan. You tell me what plays you're calling. I, I, I Like, the one stat I'll give you is, and I think this is a, uh, this is a compilation set of both of them. Uh, Hembo gave this stat out on uh, Get Up this morning. 26% of Fields' attempts are short of the sticks. That's the lowest in the National Football League. Do you think that all of those are coordinated calls, or do you well, think that there is quarterback decision-making? I think making he's that. checking down when, he, when guys are open downfield, when he should be ripping it. I think there are a lot of screens being called, too. I think it's, it's, it's both of them are together. Factor, the, factor in also the offensive line that has been a problem. Sure, sure. Ten well, quarterback hits and six sacks yesterday. The one, the one thing I will say, and this is not hindsight, I said this at the time of the hiring. What I didn't like about the, all the hirings the Bears made at the time was it, they were first-time guys all the way around. That uh, It was a first-time general manager, yep. a first-time head coach, a first-time play caller. Like no I, To me, 
to, to for everyone to learn on the job doing a new thing all at once, I thought was a pretty heavy load to lift for all new guys on the job to learn. And factor in, this is a complete rebuild. That's what I mean. Yeah, I mean, you're it's a heavy heavy load to do on a rebuild to begin with for anybody. Correct. But when you have a head coach who's never done it, you've had a, a, a play caller who's never called to play, and you have a general manager who's never generally managed, that's a lot. Totally. Uh, I mean, listen, this is why I've said all along, I'm not separating the blame. Everybody's culpable here. There's nobody that escapes any of the blame for what has transpired no, at this point. so far it's an organizational failure. Uh, failure. Uh, John and Beecher, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Johnny? It's Sean. Hey, so I want to touch on fields. There's a few things. So I noticed that this season so far, He's kind of staying in the pocket. I don't know if the coaches are forcing him to do that, but I think what it's doing is exposing him as not a true pocket passer. So what I also think is that he played better when he was kind of just playing his game last season, you know, where if he had nothing, he'd run, and it worked out real well for him. Well, wait a second. Wait, time out. Time out, John. How did it work out real well? They were dead last in passing by 30 yards. Like, they averaged 135 passing yards a game last year. And they won three games. He looked a lot better as a quarterback. I mean, he was a running quarterback, but it wasn't this. this. This is horrible. And we all know it. This is some of the worst quarterback play we've ever seen in this town. And... The other thing I want to touch on is how much this reminds me of the Mitch situation. So I think they didn't have confidence in Mitch, and they knew he wasn't good. So they went to a lot of screens. They ran the ball a lot. A lot of this cute play calling. I remember Nagy. A lot of these reverses and jet sweeps and all this. And that's leading me to believe, I think the coaches, they don't believe in them. I really think so. And I think that's why the play calling has been the way it's been. And I don't think he's the guy. I, I'm really starting to – I really thought he was the guy. I wanted him to be the guy. We all want him to be the guy. I don't think he's the guy. I just don't anymore. Well, you're going to get 15 more opportunities to make that assessment. Like, nobody here is pulling the plug on the quarterback at this I, stage. I'm not. I'm not. Like, I, we, were, we were in a text chain yesterday where Durkin said, when do you have to figure out if it's more Fields or more Getze? I want to be a thousand percent sure that he can or cannot play, and I'm giving him 15 more games, like Waddle just said. I, I don't. I do not want to leave any questions left on Fields. So, like, I'm not going to. What's the point of going to Bajan anytime? For what? Listen, we're not, we we haven't even kicked off practice for week three. No, I know. Like, I but, mean, but even advance this, and and if they continue to stink down the road, like if they do stink, let's say through week ten, now you're playing for the now you're playing for the pick. If he continues to show you he's not the guy, why are you switching then? No, listen, because it, then you're playing for the pick. No, like and these guys are. Trust me, they're all coaching and playing for their careers right yeah, now. Well, right, right. There are a lot of people that there are going to be some tough decisions that are going to be made about them because if at they the don't get this year. Right, because they may not get a chance to, to get the next guy. Listen, as you said, they've done everything backwards in this, in this organization with regard to hiring. 
That stopped when you right. when you hired Kevin Warren. Right. Let's well, we think let's draft a quarterback. Now let's blow out the the coach and the general manager who drafted the quarterback. Let's now hire the coach and the general manager, and now let's hire a new president. I'm just saying it's like, backwards now. It feels like, at least, and this is blind faith, it feels like the order is going to be... Let's let's buy the land, we're going to build the stadium, and then let's decide to build in Chicago. But again... <laughs> you know what right. I mean? No, I it's know. always backwards. It is. It was even backwards with the way they purchased Arlington. I agree with you, but uh, I think we mm-hmm. all, the first word would use hope, but agree that... It should be different this time because you've changed the person who is making all of these decisions. We finally got an experienced guy in the president's role. Correct. Chris in Tampa, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Chris? Gentlemen, thank you for taking my call. Tough day to be a Bears fan down here. We've had our experience, Um, yes. Yeah. Um, In reference to Eberflus, when he was with Indy, he needed to win two games against the two worst teams in the NFL, and his defense could not make a stop, and he lost those two games. Last year, he proved that he does not have a defense or a defensive mind to change because he continually runs Tampa 2 and soft cover on every single down almost, and the Bears are consistently getting burned on every third and ten and longer and every other team makes a completion for a first down. We can't get off the field. Eberflus does not make any changes, and it's so darn frustrating. Who else was up for coach when Eberflus was chosen? Well, well there were, were several guys. Yeah, Mike uh, McDaniel, right? What, what, wasn't did he? he get an interview? Did they? I don't know. I know Dable was available. I mean, there were there were. I several guys that ended up being hired. The, the weird part, again, like the Bears like to do, is they started interviewing coaches before they hired a general manager. Remember, they had both. Polian was, was running point, even though he's a Hall of Famer. He doesn't have a job with the Bears. He was their, 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 just their kind of hired gun at the time. I actually thought, and it happened early in the game, I saw more blitzes from this Bears defense than at any time since Matt Eberflus took over as the head coach of this team. Now, they still weren't getting to the quarterback. I thought they finally decided to to make some sort of adjustment because they can't get there with their front four. Um I still would prefer that they're more physical on the outside with opposing yes. receivers. I, I mean, I said that from, from week one. Don't allow, last week Jordan Love, this week Baker Mayfield, don't allow these quarterbacks to get comfortable. And don't let the receivers to get comfortable. And they're still bend but don't break. And, and they got lucky because they bent and like they, met, they got a field goal blocked. They didn't score in the red zone except for field goals yes. early on. And that's how they stayed in the game. The, the, the time of possession was so one-sided. The, the yards were so one-sided. The scoreboard just wasn't one-sided. But the way they marched up in the day, they had, what, how many, four or five possessions of ten or more plays Tampa did because they just marched because Eberflus likes the bend but don't break stuff. The Bucks had the ball for 35 minutes and 56 seconds. The Bears yeah. had it for 24 minutes. 24. You don't run plays. You don't get the chance to run plays. AJ in Lincoln Park, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, AJ? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Um, 
got a question here, and maybe my question is best for Waddle since you've actually played in these games. But I'm trying to understand what actually goes on in a game behind the scenes in terms of you know real time coaching and adjustments. Um, you know when you're having these mistakes because. You know, here's the thing. If I work at McDonald's and I'm not putting enough McNuggets in the Happy Meal, my boss takes me aside and says, hey, you moron, put some more McNuggets in the Happy Meal, and then I go and do it. Um, but it just seems here I see the same mistakes over and over and over, and the mistakes seem very fixable. Like, you know, somebody somebody can coach their way out of these mistakes. You know, same way like, you know, like with Fields holding on to the ball. I mean, why doesn't somebody just say, throw the damn ball? Well, I think they have. I mean, I think that has happened. And, and, and listen, as I said last week, I'll say it again this week. Justin's not their only problem. And you can argue, some people may argue he's not their biggest problem. The, from my perspective, he's just not providing enough solutions at this moment. Is it fair or unfair? I don't know. But it goes with the territory with that position. Right. You are entrusted to make everyone around you better. And at this point, that hasn't happened enough. Like the offensive line, Braxton Jones needs to stop being penalized. He needs to stop breaking the rules. He needs to stop cheating. Okay? He needs to stop cheating. Yeah, and he, like, to me, he was a guy that I had a lot of faith in, and now all of a sudden I'm starting to worry. Okay, yes. is he the solution at left tackle? Look, I, the offensive coordinator, I, I have, I've been a fan of what he has done previously. Has he been good? I don't believe he's had no. a good game plan. No. And, and here's the thing. When Justin plays well, the game plan's going to look good. And when, when Justin plays poorly, the game plan's going to look bad. And conversely, when Justin plays bad, Matt or, 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 or Luke Getzi's going to get a lot of the blame for it. And when Justin starts to hum, then everyone's like, hey, now Getzi's starting to roll. Look, it's not that cut and dry. I mean, it's, there's more nuance to that discussion than people want to admit. They're both not getting the job done at right. this point. There's a couple of things going around the Internet with play calls where there are two or more receivers in the same zip code, too close to each other. I know Orlovsky sent one out, and there are some other local guys with other plays where they're just too close to each other. I'd like people to ask Getsy about those plays. Uh, Nick in Orland Park, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Nick? Yeah, how are you, bud? Hey, uh, thanks for the call. I, uh, I just want to add with the fields. You know, I agree. He's got the remainder this year, but it's looking more and more like Trubisky all over again. And, you know, as far as the calls, baloney. I mean, he's got to play better. Mahomes makes that throw in the end zone. He, like, the, like one of you guys said, if another, you know, another couple feet, he makes the right throw there that's a big play and i just think it, it, too much is being played on the coach and i get it, it it's not perfect but the quarterback's got to be right and i'm not seeing it i just don't see it i think that he's got the remainder of the season it's better be better be 500 or better or he's got to go it really it really has to happen i was hoping it would be like a jalen hurts creation or development with uh being a passer a pocket passer and be able to run as well but it just hasn't happened and you can't the other caller saying that turn back to running you can't do that either they didn't win any games when he was doing that not not only that he's going to get hurt you can't sustain with that that backyard football stuff so my opinion I, is I, I i'm not seeing it i'm not seeing it and I'm, i think he's got the remainder of the year and that's it i would i would give him more opportunities with called quarterback runs because i think a he's exceptional at it and B, I think it, it, it gets him in a rhythm and confidence yeah. then starts to kind of build and you see it in other areas. Could loosen things up, too. Yes, but just don't, don't lose 
don't lose you know focus on the fact that when you're running these read options if a defense takes away the quarter do you want the quarterback to make not you but i mean people you want the quarterback to make the wrong read and take the ball out of the running back's gut and try to run it looked like that's what he did in the lucas van van ness sack from the week before do you want him to make the wrong read just so that he runs the football that play is designed to read the defense and how they react if the defensive end crashes down, you keep the ball. Justin's out on the edge, and he's making brilliance. If the defensive end stays at home, you got to give the ball to the running back. Like, I mean, the other team is actually game planning for what Justin did exceptionally this is their well adjustment last year. On him. Yeah, as a league. All right, uh, coming up next, the good, the bad, the dirty. There was plenty of bad and plenty of dirty. Can we find something good? Find out coming up next. The good. It's gone! Oh, my God! The bad. That is so bad, that is absolutely brutal. And the dirty. I got my mask. Uh, wow. So many stories are running through my head right now. Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN Chicago. That's right. The good, the bad, the dirty. Every Monday as we recap the weekend, sports or otherwise, we'll go around the room. One thing good, one thing bad, one thing dirty. It's all brought to you by our friends and partners at Finishing Chicago. Waddle, what's your good for the weekend? I I missed this because I fell asleep. But uh, I'm told it was glorious, and then I saw the replay of it in the morning, and it was glorious. But the drive that Shador Sanders led the Buffaloes on, to tie the game against Colorado State on Saturday night, 98 yards in like two minutes was just a thing of beauty. I think he said he after the game, they interviewed him, he said he went into Brady mode. Yes, he did. But uh, that young man has played a whale of a season so far through three weeks. How juicy was that game as far as the different storylines within that game, yeah. too? Like, Colorado State, like, hung tough and nearly pulled off the upset. Yes. Uh, There may be a dirty. Does anyone have a dirty from that game? Anyone going with the dirty on that game? There was a shot that definitely could be one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you guys don't take it. I'll take it. But um, we're on our good. So that, that, that was glorious. It was a long night of watching sports Saturday night, late night of watching sports. Uh, Saturday night. I I got a double-barreled good from sounds around the NFL, all right? Let me give you two things here from around the NFL, away from the Bears, if you missed these. You probably heard this. This is probably the soundbite from the weekend. This was Seattle and Detroit, and this was the official making a penalty call, and then Geno Smith interrupts him. Take a listen. Attentional grounding. Offense number seven. It's a 10-yard penalty. Best line I've ever heard out of an official. We'll get to the penalty in a minute. He just told Gino Smith, I'm talking to America. Pete Carroll is livid. How is great that Greg Olson? Yeah, it's yeah, a great line by yeah, Olson, too, too, too. Like, if you didn't hear it, the, uh, what, what, that's a witty official. I don't yeah. know if he had that in his back pocket, like if he ever got interrupted, that he was going to use that, or if he thought of it that quickly, that I'm Easy talking son, to America. I'm talking to America. I'm talking to America here. And not just I'm talking to America, I'm talking to America here, excuse me. How great is that? So there was that, and then I don't know if you guys caught this, Ian Eagle with the uh, touchdown call with Travis Kelsey, who returned to the game. This is a great pop culture reference. Kelsey, the motion man, low snap. Mahomes, moving pocket. Mahomes floats it up, caught, touchdown, 
and Travis Kelsey. Kelsey finds a blank space for the score. Is that a Taylor Swift song? A little Taylor Sw- uh, Swift uh, reference there with the blank space. I mean, that's some good stuff right there. You know the Eagle family, don't you, Tyler? Yeah, he is the king of the pop culture reference. That's that's good stuff on CBS. So thanks to Fox and CBS. Those are my two goods. And now the Bears get a little... Uh, you didn't have any Dick Stockton references for your goods uh, from yesterday? No? How would I have some Dick Stockton? No, I'm just saying, like, this is they've come a long way since Dick Stockton was mispronouncing everybody's name. It's gotten a little better, hasn't it? <laughs> yes, they the announcers were on point yesterday. Yes, they were. What do you got, Mallor? What's your good? Well, my uh, announcing calls that I'm going to give you, no no uh, pop culture references, just some good old-fashioned call of the game, courtesy of WBZ. Last night, the Patriots, they didn't win the game, but they gave you a special teams play that I loved. 49-yard attempt for Sanders now. Four for four so far on the year. Bailey, the punter, will hold. Blake Ferguson will snap. Here comes the snap, ball down, kick on the way, it's blocked by the Patriots. It's scooped up by New England and down in Miami territory. It was Duggar that picked it up. The kick was blocked, the Patriots ran a player on the field late. That was unbelievable. Brendan Schooler, the special team's ace, I don't know if I've ever seen that before. He came running from the sideline. And it looked like Christian Wilkins, the wingback, didn't expect him or didn't know he was coming. I have never seen that before. That was awesome. If you caught the replay of it, uh, Bill Belichick drawing something up that I think will be repeated very often now. So what, he was standing on the sideline? and he then went in motion as a defender. Yeah, and he came late and he timed his... The snap, yeah. Yeah, he timed the snap and... and I believe that the... Was it the snapper or the holder was previously a Patriot? So they were basically reading the holder for when he was kind of calling for this. And if you were watching on TV, Chris Collinsworth had a very similar reaction. He's like, I've never seen that before. And then later in the game, they they did it again, and Sanders ended up missing a field goal, almost like he was preoccupied with the rush that was coming. Mm. What do you got, Tyler? What's your good? My good will go to the college ranks here. Michael Penix Jr. from Washington and the show that he put on uh, against Michigan State over the weekend. They crushed Michigan State. Uh, but in the first half alone, Michael Penix had 375 yards and four touchdowns all in the first half. And he is looking like one of those guys that could be pushing Caleb Williams to win the Heisman this year. Is he is he going to be good in the next level? Well, he's in his sixth year. That's okay, one so, problem. So that's he's 32 a, years old, so yeah. I don't know how long his career will actually last. <laughs> Poles will like him then. Pair him with uh, Velas. <laughs> what's, your, what's your bad? Uh, my bad was your Cubs in Arizona. Oh, well, can I co-sign it yes, then, too? Yes, you can. Swept by the D-backs this weekend, and it was just not a good display of baseball for your favorite baseball it, it team. Was, it was terrible, and, and like I said, Saturday's game was the first Cubs game in a long time that kept me up. It kept me up, and I, I I did not get a good sleep Saturday night, um, and it was they should have won that game in so many different ways. Like yesterday was just a domination. Um, they had no more juice left for for the Diamondbacks, but that's a game on Saturday that they should have won, and then, and then go back to Friday too. Like I may have lost the Cy Young bet. Yeah, that one was a nut kick. There's no question. He gave up two three run home runs. I think his ERA is still... It's like, still good, yeah. but he, he's got to, like... He's got to bounce back. Yes. 
Yes. And it doesn't help. He's got to come out with a shutout in eight innings in his next game if he wants to win it, yeah, I It think. didn't help that he had that performance right after Snell had yes. his. Snell was awesome in his last performance. But it was... It was they, they, they have two opponents here that they should win win I mean nothing's a given these days but it's it's Pittsburgh and Colorado I believe next you've got to win five out of six here because then it gets tougher you've got to take five out of six because then you go to Atlanta and then you go to Milwaukee, Milwaukee right? yeah it's it's gonna be and they it's lose fun. this is what you want you it, want these games to matter at the end of the season and Boog uh, uh, well, maybe it wasn't I forget if it was Boog or if it was ESPN last night but they showed the tiebreaker for the Cubs. Um, they lose every tiebreaker except San Francisco right. in the wild card. So terrible weekend. I'll co-sign that one with you. Mallory, you're bad. My bad is the horrible, awful Jacksonville Jaguars red zone offense. <laughs> I don't know if Bears fans got a chance to take a look at this because the Chiefs-Jaguars game was going on at the exact same time as the Bears-Bucks. But if you did have a two-TV setup and you were watching on CBS what was going on, it was insane. The Jaguars lost 17-9 to the Chiefs, but they went 0-4 for inside the red zone. And here's the kicker. Trevor Lawrence completed four passes that were out of the end zone. Mm. I don't know what the Jaguars were doing. I don't know if Doug Peterson thought they were playing with CFL end zones <laughs> that were 20 yards deep. But he had guys running in the back of the end zone making catches, and they weren't close to getting two feet down. It was insane and mind-boggling. I've never seen an offense function that poorly inside the red zone against a team that you had a a decent shot of beating if you just execute. I didn't think it was Trevor Lawrence's best day either. No, and he he threw another ball, too, backwards that easily should have been forward because it could have been an incompletion. It turned Mm. into a fumble and a turnover. The Jags were nuts yesterday. Yeah, that was 17-9 is not what I was expecting from that. Game. Well, you're probably not getting 17 to nine on Sunday. <laughs> not from then. If the Chiefs only score 17 against the Bears' defense, well, it'll be the first time in the last 12 games that the Bears will have given up less than 25 points. <laughs> yes. What do you got, Tyler? What's your bad? Well, yeah, that that game was probably the biggest disappointment of the weekend. But my bad was the Alabama Crimson Tide. They won the game 17-3 to against South Florida. I don't know if you guys were seeing any of that, but there was a lightning delay. This yeah. was in the same stadium that the Bears then played on in uh, yesterday. But they were atrocious offensively. They had the lightning delay. If they don't have the lightning delay, they probably lose the game because I feel like they go into the locker room. They get and a Jay Hay speech. It's the look in the mirror sort of deal there. But I don't know if you guys caught this. Were they too. a one win team last year? South Florida. Yeah, I'm not sure, but no? they were not good. I know yeah. that. But if you look at, if you wash out of the lightning delay, I don't know what happened with. I think the game was on ABC with the cameras there. They pretty much picked up security cam footage for it. Like they had one position at the 50 and then one in each end zone. It looked like a high school football production that they were putting on on ABC. It was ridiculous. You like couldn't even watch the game. It was so bad. Mm. What's uh, what's your dirty, Waddle? Uh, my dirty was the performance of, of Micah Parsons like in a filthy manner. Uh, two sacks, three tackles for loss, four quarterback hits. He lived in the Jets' backfield. I think it was you that were saying it was saying today about the conversation about him possibly gambling on 
him as the league MVP. Did you make the play? I did. Uh, per, I think uh, it's, per, uh, Green, Greeny uh, brought that up today, the long odds on that. He's the most dynamic defensive player so far this season that I've seen in a really long time. Defensive players never win the MVP, but if there is one, and he's he's got just as he was 65 to 1. Like, for instance, I think Justin Fields is 75 to 1 with the awful start that he's off to. So think about that. So Micah Parson, he is him. Two oh. ones. That's good. Him. Yeah. He is him. Two eyes. Two ones, rather. I love <laughs> Very funny. He is him. Yes. Defensively, yes. he's the defensive him. Here's my question. My dirty. I, I, I could have gone with the Hunter play, the hit. That was, that was brutally dirty. Uh, but I've had this circled. Did you guys see the Iowa cheerleader, the male cheerleader, doing the uh, the flip flops and the uh, did a back handspring, the the handsprings, and then his pants went off. Yes, I have numerous questions about this. First of all, was this fixed? Was the fix in? I think my theory is is he meant to do this so he could go viral, so to speak, as the kids say, to go viral and B to go really viral on campus. Okay, I think this only helps him, him. On campus. I think... He's that guy. I think, yes. I think this makes him more famous on campus. Uh, When the pants go down, the invitation goes out. And I think... You think he was making himself more desirable? Yes. I think he gets more action on campus... Being known as the guy, oh, that's the that's the cheerleader on campus. So he was doing a bunch of like uh, gymnastic moves uh, in the end zone at the Iowa football game, and his pants accidentally came down. Now he had he had like shorts underneath, yeah, his boxers, yeah, right. right? So it wasn't. That's new. why I also believe that the fix was it. Right. I don't believe that this was like. I, I so that's I think this is dirty. Okay, that's my theory. I, I don't know if anyone trolling. else think has he was done trolling? this. I don't know if that's really a troll. I think it was well planned out. I I, I think with with them with them some thought behind it. Okay, are you buying it? Um, anything's possible these days. Like if he felt that's the best way to get attention, everyone wants attention Everybody now wants more to than go ever. viral. What's the best way to go viral? Pull your pants down while doing the... Like, just you, you undo the, the sweats. You know it's gonna... Here it goes. Look. That's how Iowa gets on Sports Center these days. You think Yurko can do a back handspring? No way. How, what made you think of Yurko? Oh, what? Just what? thinking. Just thinking. Just wondering whether or not the, the good kid upstairs could do the same thing going down the hall. Hey, I'm on Blue Chew. Yeah. Uh, what do you got, guys? Wrap us up. Uh, I haven't discussed this with you gentlemen, but I feel comfortable saying that I will speak for all of us here. We got done dirty by HBO for canceling winning time after That's, two seasons. I'm glad you brought it up. Of all the garbage that I pay five, nine, fourteen dollars a month for to stream stuff, I would point. have gladly handed over nine dollars for another season of winning time. Hell, I was waiting for a spinoff of Jerry West. I wanted my own Jerry West series. I can't believe that Winning Time has been canceled by HBO. I'm with you. Why did I'm they, bummed. Did they do that because it's kind of a narrow-casted show? I we think loved it. I think it's critically acclaimed, but I don't think it's, like, massively watched. That's my guess. We could try and get Jeff Perlman on. I know he's been doing interviews. He wrote the book. But do you think, like, Netflix or another streaming service picks it up? That's Maybe. what I was thinking. I'm hoping. So. The only thing is, though, it has to be... 
a decent chunk of change to produce because think of all the stars yes. that yes. they've cast in it. Adrian Brody, I, I, I John C. Riley. Adrian Brody is Pat Riley. He's so good. It's awesome. I didn't well, see this uh, yesterday's Quincy episode. Quincy Isaiah is Magic Johnson. He's fantastic. It's like looking at yes. documentary film. He looks just like him. He acts like him. I can see, though, that it would only be, you know, consumed by, you know, sure. sports guys like us. Well, And I know some sports fans who don't like it. Oh, I know uh, some of my friends don't like it. Really? They never got into it. I happen to love it. I do, too. And uh, Dr. Jerry Boss is great. And then, you know, Jason Siegel was great as Paul Westhead. Oh, and the guy who plays Jerry West is, is good. <laughs> and, and the guy that I don't even know with the role of the other guy. He was coughing up blood a couple episodes ago. <laughs> but I don't even he know who that guy voice, is. I think. Yeah. The guy who plays Chick, Chick Hearn is great. Chick, yeah. Chick, Chick, Hearn. Chick Hearn's yeah. such a great I just character. love it. I'm so bummed, man. What a bummer. The guy who plays Larry Bird is yeah, Larry yeah, Bird. Yes. Michael Chiklis is it that plays Red Arbach? Yeah. There, there's Kareem? Yes, Kareem's great. Everybody was there, awesome. There's a great scene in this last episode between Larry Bird and his mom. Oh, really? You wait till you see this after game six. It's a great scene. It's a niche show, but if, yes. if you don't even like sports and just gave it a chance, I think you'd like it. Yeah, yeah. You'd have to understand the storyline, though, to kind of really be dialed do into you? it. Do you think so? I, I think, think you so. do. I think you do. I think you have to understand the rivalry and stuff. Otherwise, I don't think it would make a ton of sense to you. But it's so well See, acted, you'd like, still enjoy like, it. Like, I like these shows that are doing the opioid story. Like, I'm watching my second opioid story with Matthew Broderick on, on what you would call the pharma. Who's the guy? Uh, Sackler? Yeah, Sackler. Like, I don't know anything really about it, but I've enjoyed it. Do I have to know about the Lakers and Celtics to enjoy winning time? Don't know. Okay. Uh, wrap us up, Tyler. Uh, my dirty is the end of the Commanders and Broncos game. Russ throws the 50-yard heave that gets tipped in the air a couple of times, and then they end up scoring the touchdown. But they need the two-point conversion, and then a non-pass interference call in the end zone is how that game ends. Does that team come in here and give them, like, is, is that a game that... Denver? Yeah. Like, they... Any game I was going to is... say they play good defense, but then the Commanders put, like, 50 on them. That team just feels like it's 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 a volcano that eventually will erupt. Not meaning that they're going to win a bunch of games, but the dynamic between the quarterback and the head coach just. I think at some that, point I won't think the Bears work. win that game. I hope, but so. I thought the Bears win this game. I thought they were going to win the Tampa game. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. All your phone calls coming up next. With Connie's Frozen Pizza, you can experience real pizzeria quality without paying pizzeria prices. Connie's Frozen Pizza always delivers because they're made with only premium ingredients. Whether you're craving their cornmeal-dusted thin crust or their new crispy yet fluffy pizzeria-style crust, Connie's comes with a variety of delicious toppings you'll love. It's perfect for two football games tonight. So forget delivery just pop into Connie's and savor their authentic pizzeria flavor right at home. Find them at your local Jewel, Mariano's, and Meyer today. Stop on the way home from work. Connie's frozen pizza, born in Chicago, enjoyed everywhere. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Listen now on ESPN 1000. 
This is Waddle and Sylvie, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. I'm talking to America here, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, we're all talking to America. 312-332-3776. You have a chance to talk to Chicago here in the last half hour of the show as uh, we're off early. By the way, uh, Mahomes got a, uh, a new bag of money. Good. He deserves it. They, they they redid his contract over the next few years. He got basically like $50 million more. I have no problem with him consistently being the highest paid player in the league at all yeah, times. Like, hey, Burrow just got some more money. Yeah. Uh, other quarterbacks uh, got new deals. Got new money. Yeah. Like, it's it, come back to me. Yeah. Keep circling back. That's right. They as should. Long, as long as I keep being the best quarterback, come come back to me. Amen. And they're like, you know what? Fine. We yeah. just got Chris Jones done. Yeah. He's back in the fault. We'll, we'll find a way to get it done. Here we go. And it probably helps him with some cap space yeah. as well. So everybody wins. Yeah. Yep. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Why don't we uh, get as many of these calls in as possible? Speed round. Uh, speed round. Um, do better than uh, Justin certainly in the pocket. Uh, yep, yeah, with processing all this, um, the Bears better are play calling as well. Maybe better pass rush yeah. than the pass rush. They're o they're o for their last twelve. They haven't run, won a game since last October. Ooh. When's their next win going to happen? Uh, not a lot of people think they can do it in uh, Kansas City. We'll take all your Bears phone calls coming up next.